0: Well, good morning, Ebenezer, family and friends, and welcome to our online service today. We're in the midst of a mini-series we're calling Equip You. And over the last four weeks, we have brought in some experts from across North America to answer some of the honest questions that people are asking, and help us process some of the things that have been on many of our minds during this COVID crisis. We kicked off our series with some God questions. First, the questions of why and where. Where is God, and why is he allowing this to happen? These are probably two of the most common questions people tend to ask in a crisis. Although there are better questions for us to ask. For example, we can ask the questions of who and what. Who is God? And what does he want to say to us right now? Next, we ask some very practical life questions. Questions like, how can I manage my fears and anxieties in these uncertain times? Will God provide for me? Will he protect me and my family? Will he heal us if we get sick? At the heart of these questions is the question, can God be trusted to do the things he said he will do? Or the better question is, how can I live my life in a way that reflects the truth of God's character and his promises? Then last week, we began to steer a conversation towards those things that move us towards ministry, as we explored some of the obstacles and opportunities that are in front of us right now. Today, we want to continue that conversation and look at some of the very practical ways that we can join God in his mission and make the most of the opportunities that come our way. My guests this morning are two of our own, Rod Am and Sean Hermanson. They are part of an organization called Athletes in Action, which is an arm of a mission group called Power to Change. Both these men live out daily the topic that we're going to discuss today, which is how to engage people in spiritual conversations and how to share with them the good news about Jesus in ways that they would put their hope and trust in him. Rod Arm has been a uh, been on campus for over 40 years, I think 44 altogether, and 34 of those have been on the University of Saskatchewan campus. Sean Hermanson joined Rod about 5 years ago, and both of these men have a God-given ability to share their faith. So let's listen into the interview. Rod and Sean, welcome to Ebenezer Online today. Glad to have you here. And uh, we just, I just want to say that we, we want to learn from you today. Uh, you are obviously good at engaging people in spiritual conversations. And those conversations have been very, very fruitful and effective for both of you. So, uh, so thank you for being here. Uh, let me just jump right in with the first question. It's a question to both of you. But, but Rod, we're going to start with you as a seasoned veteran, if you can kind of lead us off here. And my, my question just to begin with is this. Uh, what has enabled you to be so effective and fruitful in sharing the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom.
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for the privilege of being here. I've really enjoyed our online web and user services, as you called them. And uh, it's a joy to be here today. But probably with regards to learning how to share my faith, and uh, I think probably learning how to walk in the Spirit, uh, is really the basis for it. When I got right with the Lord, and I realized how I could uh, really have a clean heart and start to live with integrity um, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, that made a huge difference. And then just being available to the Lord too. Um now I took some training. I think that it's good to take some training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know that really enabled me to grow in my ability to just kind of naturally, Uh, get into conversations with people and turn those conversations to uh, spiritual things and uh, learning how to pray and realizing that prayer Hmm. is essential. Bill Bright uh, said, you know, learn to talk with God about people before you learn how to talk with people about God. And I found that certainly is so true. The art of asking good questions um, and then being a good listener, like being really interested in, People asking God to fill you with love for them and to be winsome um, and then probably learning how to when the time comes, you might say really explain the truth of the gospel uh, with an open passionate heart like I, I talk about opening your chest and letting people see the fires burn <laughs> this is true and it's changed my life um, and you said
0: you said some some great things there rod and uh, uh, i think what i'll do is i, I want to explore some of those with you a bit more detail a bit later but sean mm-hmm. why don't you jump in and what are some of the things that have been helped you been become effective and, and fruitful in sharing the good news about jesus and his kingdom
2: yeah sure well thanks uh, also leighton for i'm humbled to be asked to be here today and uh it's, uh, it's a privilege so thank you and uh, you know i couldn't uh, say it better than rod i agree with everything he said there it's particularly you know walking in the spirit and uh, along with that being available, as Rod said. And I know that in my life, when I, you know, fully surrendered my life to Jesus, you know, one of the passages that really impacted me was Isaiah chapter six, where Isaiah had had a really profound encounter with the Lord and had been Mm -hmm. cleansed. And uh, God was saying, who will go? Whom shall we send? And uh, Isaiah said, here am I, send me. And I think that that's my advice. Uh, and I try to take my own advice to just be available saying, God, here I am, like use me in my brokenness and in my, I don't always feel like it, you know, I might be having a bad day, but try to pray every day, Lord, uh, use me today in someone's life to make a difference. And, uh, I've shared this story with some athletes and, uh, you know, I think I've shared it with Rod before too. There's there's an amazing picture from an archaeological discovery at the, the battle site from World War One, the Battle of Gallipoli. And uh, the archaeologists discovered two bullets that had perfectly intersected each other. And I just love that picture because uh, it just shows uh, kind of how two lives can intersect. And in God's perfect manifold wisdom when he is all knowing and all all powerful and he wants to use us, um, as his followers to, to be used to intersect with another life. And I just find that, uh, what walking in the spirit combined with that availability, you're going to get those divine appointments and God has already done the preparation of the heart. And we're just showing up with that perfect moment with the right word. And, you know, I had an experience last week with a guy that, um, I just randomly came across him at a, at a metal recycling bin at 10 o'clock Saturday night in Swift Current. And I don't know what he was doing there then. And it was a random occurrence that I ended up there at that time of night. And, and as we shared and I heard his story, you know, and I, I, uh, I was able to share uh, a gospel message in my testimony with him. And here the night before, he'd been contemplating uh, taking his own life. And, uh, you know, through tears and hugs and a prayer together, you know, I was able to just assure him that God was seeking him out and pursuing him and, and that this was a moment where uh, I was there to just be a message from the from the voice of God for, for him to say, you know, you're loved and you're valuable and Jesus is calling you back to him.
0: Yeah, that's great, Sean. I think of this this God of the cosmos and often I've thought, what it took for him to intersect, you know, my life or other lives at exactly the same, you know, moment in time. And uh, the foreplanning of that is just, just amazing. That's a great illustration. Mm -hmm. I'm going to add just a couple of things to what you guys have said already. And uh, uh, you know, one of the things that I I see in both of you is, is you have the uh, incredible ability to, uh, to build relationships with people and to, and to make people feel, really, really special. Just before we started recording, I was sharing a story of Rod with one of my boys and how much, how much he loves Rod. And, and I just, I see Rod and I see you Sean at university at some sports events. And I I watch as you interact and how many people come and know you and interact with you. And so, you know, you're, the relationships that you've built along the way are, are kind of paying dividends. And so for me, as I look at you, and as I think of my own life, I would, I would add just a few things to what you said. I would say there's importance of just building relationships. And, and when I say relationships, I mean, like taking a genuine interest in who the people are, you know, for who they are, where they are, just a genuine love and concern for them and their lives. And, and I see that in both of you, you've modeled that for, for me and others, and then when we have the opportunity to speak as to speak uh words that are filled with hope but and truth but with gentleness and grace and and again i've seen you guys and heard you many times and you you exemplify that just your demeanor and the way you engage people it's not a surprise to me that the athletes are drawn to you guys and 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 want to listen so let me just uh, let me ask you another question here um so when I listen to your talk, though, if I was kind of on the outside looking in and I, I see you guys and I'd say, well, they're, they're missionaries, they're paid to do this. Like you make it sound so easy and so natural. But I think many of our viewers today haven't uh, experienced that or don't necessarily think it's easy and natural. So, so maybe if we could, as we begin here, just just look at some of the, the barriers to sharing the gospel uh, and, and barriers, barriers that keep us from sharing and barriers that keep the world from listening to us so so sean this time i'm going to start with you and, and let's 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 talk about some of the barriers that keep people from sharing the good news of jesus christ with others
2: yeah i think that's a good question there's definitely barriers and and uh i think i can speak for rod too we we face a lot of those same barriers a lot and uh you know we overcome it with with the power of the holy spirit and prayer like rod said in prayer a lot and uh, so I think a lot of it is fear um, a lot of people are afraid to share they don't want to offend people uh, they maybe fear they don't have enough knowledge or, or, or a good enough way to communicate the gospel and uh, and then so it's lack of training maybe or lack of self-seeking to to really know the scripture and be armed with scripture um, and just lacking a little bit of boldness but in some regards too, it could it can come down to this. Might sound a little harsh, but disobedience because we're commanded mm-hmm. to to go and make disciples, and uh, regardless if it doesn't say chaplains or Pastor Layton, it, it says go ye therefore. That means all of us uh, and make disciples of all nations. So mm-hmm. it comes to a, a point of a barrier of obedience or disobedience as well. And uh, just a quick little example of that. Um, you know, we're all sadly aware of the the recent passing of Ravi Zacharias and uh, one of his former colleagues who also passed was Nabil Qureshi, a former Muslim that became a Christian through uh, a classmate. And he always was, was um, intrigued or perplexed. I should say that he said Christians wouldn't share their faith with them. And even if they Mm -hmm. did, they didn't seem to know how to defend what they believed. And then he also said, "I, I always wondered if they really believed what the Bible says and what it means to be a Christian. And, and that if I don't uh, have Jesus as my savior, that I will perish in hell. What? Why aren't they telling me? That's what he always wondered before he became a Christian. Wow.
0: Wow. Uh, Ron, how, what would you add to the list? What are some of the barriers that, that keep us from
1: sharing our faith? Well, uh, I think that um, like I've been involved in the, in university life for uh, since 1970 when I I entered first year university and I've sure seen the culture of the university change. However, uh, I think in the West, um, postmodernism has really undermined the truth of the gospel. Um, and there's a rewriting of history, uh, where, um, people are willingly and in many ways, conspiratorially, you might say, um, actually blaming Christianity for a lot of the, the things that have happened in the world. And I just want to say that the Christian faith, when people are really coming to know the Lord and surrendered to him, has done more good in shaping yeah, uh, the direction of civilization. Uh, it's So that's really a tragedy, I think. But a lot of people, as a result, uh, view um, the Bible with distrust and they see uh, faith as just maybe a myth or a legend, and uh, Christ is just one of, uh, a you know, a pantheon of, of gods that you can select, like kind of go into a smorgasbord. But at the bottom of this, I think there's a spiritual battle. There's no doubt we have an arch enemy, and uh, he planted doubt right in the Garden of Eden, about can you really trust God? Does he really have your best in mind? Um, and uh, he twists the words of God, and, um, and as a result, uh, deceives people. Um, one thing that I've been thinking about with regards to this pandemic, and it's actually uh, 1 Timothy six seventeen, Paul says, command those who are rich in this world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And uh, I think one of the things that's the good things that is coming out of all the confusion of these times uh, is that uh, we're being humbled and we're rearranging our priorities. And so I'm finding people are wide open, like uh, they're, they're really searching. And yeah. so uh, it's a battle, but the Lord is the victor.
0: Um, what are some of the barriers that, that now from the other side that keep people from hearing the gospel when we go and share it? And I'll start with you, Rod, on that one. And then Sean, I'll get you to jump in afterwards.
1: Um, well, I, I really appreciated, uh, our guest last week. And, uh, you know, when he, he quoted, uh, you know, some statistics about people, not, uh, just walking away from the church and walking away from faith. And so, um, there's a huge ignorance from lack of really meaningful uh, touch points with the truth of the gospel Hmm. and with authentic Christians. We have regular chapels with how many teams, maybe about 13 varsity teams um, in Regina and Saskatoon, Sean.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, (laughs) I have found that um, men and women come, Um, And they're curious, but few of them have really had uh, many really authentic experiences with true Christians and especially with the church uh, in their, in their whole lifetime. And so they're, they're really curious and uh, they're actually, we've seen many of them come to faith in Jesus Christ, Hmm. but it does, it's based, based on, uh, really having authentic friendships with them
2: hmm. Yeah Sean, what are some
0: of the barriers that you that you see from people receiving?
2: Yeah, I think that what Rod said there about uh, a lot of them are, are just ignorant of, of the facts or the truth and um, or they even want to stay in ignorance because they don't they're scared if they know the truth they may have to change and what they don't grasp yeah. is that change comes from a transformed heart through the power of jesus they think they're going to have to grit their teeth and, and make a change in their flesh flesh and give up everything they enjoy doing uh now there will be a lifestyle change but jesus is the transforming miracle um, being, of being born again and i think that uh um there's a verse in hosea 4 6 it's a little out of context but it says my my people perish for lack of knowledge and and I think, too, that when Rod and I get right. the opportunity or any of us with our daily encounters to just to reveal some truth, because a lot of people have misconceptions about what church is or yeah. they've been hurt by the church or they they blame hypocrisy or, or they point to hypocrites and they use that as an excuse hmm. to avoid uh, seeking it out for themselves. And, and we all know that's that's not going to hold up. That's no excuse at all. But yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, Rod mentioned this, but we had Dr. David Gretzky with us last week, and he talked about uh, us living in this uh, secularized society. And I think some of the stats that, that Rod was mentioning is that uh, that surprised me too, were that uh, 50% of Canadians no longer identify with any religion or religious group, and only 11% of, of, of Canadians attend church with any regularity. Dr. Gresky mentioned that that we are... Uh, post-christian uh some other writers have said we're not even not just post-christian we're we're anti-christian and totally secularized and we've just removed uh god and the values of the bible out of this country so it it, sometimes is in that context that could be even a bit more adversarial for us and so uh, i know that some of us you know feel that from time to time so so let me ask you you know this question Um, how do you share the gospel in the context that we live in with people who are, are anti-Christian or deny or ignore the existence of God, of this God who reigns and rules. So how, just cause I know some people are wrestling with that. And so maybe you can just you know, share some insights into that. Uh, who wants to start here? Maybe we'll start with Sean in this one.
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that there's three things, uh, three pillars that we can have confidence in, in sharing our faith, um, regardless of our audience, whether they're an adversary or like outwardly, uh, adversarial against it, or uh, atheist, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's three things, and it's the power of uh, our testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives, and the power yeah. in the in the name and the blood of Jesus, and in the power of the Word of God. So, regardless of our audience, those three things, those are truths that we can we can stand on and have hmm. full confidence in, and uh, because it's it's the results of are up to the Holy Spirit when we're using those those three things. And, um, you know, it says in revelation 12, it says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And, uh, so I, I just truly believe strongly and how much power we have. And, and, uh, we just leave r- the results up to the Holy spirit. Yeah. If we're implementing yeah. those, those things. Yeah.
0: And people can, can deny, uh, that God exists or that his word is true, but they can't deny the truth of our lives and so when yeah. we live our lives in a way that reflects uh god doing something special in us uh that that's they, they can't deny those things yeah
2: and mm-hmm. can i just add one thing about a testimony like some people might yeah. think well, i don't have a a great testimony or i don't have a dramatic story like to show what jesus has done and they think it's always got to be these these uh rags to riches stories so, so to speak but I think that the most powerful testimony there is is someone that, who has received Christ at a young age and walked faithfully with their God for their whole life. What is more powerful than that? What is more transforming than that to know that, that Jesus is mm-hmm. the cornerstone, He is the solid rock, their foundation for life, uh, that, that that's the key that we're all looking for. So I just want to encourage mm-hmm. people with that that may think that, "Oh, I don't have, have a dramatic testimony. There is power in your testimony.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a really good word, Sean. Uh Sean's being so effective in introducing so many young men to uh to faith in Christ. And uh I think too uh we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Romans one sixteen, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Um and and so I without you know any like i just honestly uh vulnerably say can i show you something i discovered in in the bible and uh even a simple truth it's so profound john ten ten, jesus said the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and have it abundantly and i'll just ask you know when you think about an abundant life what does that mean to you Um, And it reminds me too of Jesus' uh, story about the man who bought a field or actually he discovered a great treasure in the field. And out of joy, he ran and sold everything he had and he bought that field. And, uh, And I'll just ask them, what could be so great about Jesus said that this treasure was the kingdom of heaven? And uh, just asking questions like that, uh, unashamedly. And uh, often in our chapels, like uh, this year, we actually led them through the leadership of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark, and we handed out Bibles every every chapel, every week. And they'd be reading these amazing stories of Jesus, and you can tell they've never read it before. And so then we have a discussion about it, and and I have to get guys' attention, because they're just reading on and turning the page. Um, And so exposing them to the truths of the Word of God Mm -hmm. is so powerful. Kathy and I have been memorizing scriptures. Uh, We have gone for walks. We've walked a a lot during this pandemic. But here's one, Isaiah 33, 5 and 6. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. So you can see how he's exalted and transcendent but yet he's humble and he's imminent he comes close and then isaiah says he will he will be the sure foundation for your times a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge the fear of the lord is the key to this treasure and uh, so i'll share this and say what could be more wonderful and experiencing this, but what is this fear of the Lord? It's the key to experiencing this.
0: That, that's, that's a great lead into my next question. And I was, I was just thinking that, um, you know, I think some people have misconceptions about Christianity and about who the people of God are. But uh, also, we have misconceptions about who they are and, and what some of their needs are. And so, even though I, I I ask the question, so what are the barriers that keep people from, from receiving, and how do we share the our faith in a, in a times where it seems like people are anti-Christian? Uh, I know that your experience has been very different, and you've probably seen more of the receptivity of people. And so, my question is 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 like how uh, you know what have you seen uh, people's receptivity to the gospel to be in your context, and what what can we learn from that? So maybe Sean, we'll start with you again in this one.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think that, uh, like Rod says, we, we share the scriptures with these athletes and, and I think a mistake that a lot of us as Christians make nowadays is assuming that people know, uh, that they know what Easter is, Mm -hmm. that they know what Christmas is. And frankly, there's a lot that really don't know the basics of Christianity and what we even believe. And, uh, I find that there, there's no, uh, shyness or uh, trepidation of bringing the bible out in public you know sometimes all kind of cautiously say well do you mind if i get my bible out and share a scripture and they're like oh no why why would i mind that like you know whereas <laughs> i think back to my generation we might be kind of like shy about it and not wanting people to see that we got a bible out in the middle of the coffee shop but there is no go ahead bring it out and and this is kind of backing up to my last answer too where i've been sharing a passage of scripture that the lord laid on my heart that day and And also that speeding bullet intersection moment where it it seems like that scripture was for that person at that time, because I look up from my Bible reading and I had this one football player that had pulled his head inside of his shirt. And, and after I let him recover for a while, he was just weeping and weeping and weeping. The power of the word just hit him. And that story that I read was just exactly what he needed to hear. So, so I think that we do a great uh, disservice if we assume what they know or don't know. And, uh, also that if we're shy about the word, because they're not they they, they're open to, to hearing what the Bible has to say and, and, it, and it's transformational for them.
0: Yeah. Good. <laughs> hey, Rod, when we shared before you, you told us of a story of a book that you were looking for, mm-hmm. a man's search for meaning. Do you want to just share that story with us?
1: Yeah. I, uh, for years I've, I've led a book club with athletes on campus and, uh, um, and I'm always looking for the next great book. Yeah. I thought that it'd be really good. To, it's not a Christian book, but it's a great book uh, full of truth uh, to read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And it's, uh, first of all, his story as a, as a psychiatrist from Vienna, well-trained, being deported to Auschwitz, surviving Auschwitz, and actually surviving three other concentration camps. And what he discovered is that um, those who had a meaning to their lives and who were willing to suffer with dignity usually survived. Those who lost their sense of meaning uh, soon succumbed to the elements and were gassed. Um, And he survived. (laughs) And so he, he sat down and he wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning, one of the greatest books of the 20th century. Uh, It's one of the top in the, in the list of the top 100 books you must read in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he wrote it in nine days and it sold tens of millions of copies. And I thought, well, I'm going to buy a bunch for the book club. I went to the publisher, Penguin Random House. They're sold out. They said, you know, you can check Indigo chapters. Across Canada, I found five copies online, and I bought them all. So I'm a bit of a hoarder here. But, but my question is, why is this book sold out? Well, obviously, people are trying to make sense of uh, this conf- these confusing times. They're trying to find meaning. Everybody is searching for meaning and for yeah. purpose. And what I found, of course, and what we all found is that the greatest meaning and purpose is coming in the contact with the one who has created us for his glory.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. And I think we need to remember that, that, that search for meaning is God placed in us. And mm-hmm. until we find that there's going to be a, a void and we can try and yeah. fill it with anything and everything, but it's not going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. So listen, one of the things that we've, we've, a word we've kicked around lots today and um but i'm not sure if everyone understands that or might see it the same way is the word the gospel or gospel so uh how would you describe or define what the gospel is uh sean i'll start with you again on this one and then we'll we'll Mm -hmm. go to rod afterwards
2: uh well i want to fit in a story here um came to mind when i was in fiji a few years ago on a mission trip for 3 months i had a dear friend a local man there named rusi and and uh, he took me to the local prison uh, he was going to preach a sunday morning sermon there and he was a former inmate there himself for many years and uh, i'll never forget the they brought the prisoners out into the out of their cells and they sat down in the corridor and rusi just preached this fiery, passionate sermon, and uh, I was sitting at his feet, and spit was flying, and sweat was flying, and he had the Bible in his hand, and and these men, they didn't take their eyes off of him. They were captivated. Uh, Rusi's main message was, uh, men, I know what it's like to be in captivity. Hmm. I was there in captivity right where you are and uh, that's where he found the Lord where he met the Lord and where uh, he said I had to stay in captivity for my time but I was released from the bondage of my sin um, the captives that was holding me captive and in prison in the spiritual realm and Jesus uh, released those bonds and you know and I was I actually I've never forgot about that sermon and when I was with Claire in Zambia last fall I was Able to preach that same sermon to the prisoners, uh, there, not relating to them as a prisoner physically, but spiritually, definitely. I I told them my story, and and then that the Bible says that Jesus came to set the captives free. Yeah, and the gospel word of gospel literally means good news, and that's the good news that I'm a sinner, we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, He paid the penalty. We can't earn it. We don't need to earn it. It's a free gift by grace. And uh, we just receive it in faith with absolute surrender. And that's, that's good news.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. How, how would you define the gospel? Um, well, define it, maybe describe it. Um, yeah. But firstly, um, we need to be humble by recognizing that I'm not God. There is a God. Yeah. And he has a son named Jesus and he created me for his glory. But I also have to be humbled in, uh, realizing and confessing that, uh, I've got a problem and it's a problem of my own making in many ways. I've inherited it from my forefathers, but, um, I cannot blame them because I have a rebellious heart and I've, I've turned away from God and I'm trying to live my own life and to be my own God. But, uh, the best thing that can ever happen to a man or a woman is to realize that I'm not doing very well, (laughs) that I need help. And then to discover that God and his love has sought and saved you through Jesus Christ, his son uh, who came and paid the penalty. Well, first of all, lived the sort of life that you and I want to live and couldn't. And then as a result, he paid the penalty to pay for all of our sin, for all the sin of all mankind for all time through his death on the cross. And to prove it, he rose from the dead. He's alive today. And we can know him in a personal way. But God still gives us the dignity of choice. He will not force you to love him. Yeah. And that's why Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you recognize that it's my voice and you realize you need me and you open the door. I'm going to yeah. come into your life and I'm going to begin to change you from the inside out. I will indwell yeah. you with my spirit.
0: Yeah. Oh, that, that's good. Uh, next week I'm going to be sharing a bit more about the gospel with our, with uh, our viewers. And uh, for me, uh, the, the good news is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, and for me that means that we don't, we don't need to live any longer under this slave master of sin or, or be influenced by this world or the God of this world, but that in, in Jesus we are invited into this, into a new kingdom, which is the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, and and to live under a new king. But I'll be sharing more about that next week. So, uh, listen, what are some of the scriptures that have shaped your life in this area of evangelism or sharing the good news of Jesus Christ?
1: Uh, Rod, why don't you start us off with this one here? Well, I think probably First Thessalonians 2, uh, verses three and four are, in many ways, some of my life verses. Um, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please God, or not trying to please people, but God, who tests our hearts. And uh, and Leighton, I just want to tell you that, you know, I I was I was lost. I was arrogant. I was proud. I, um, I, um, I was turning out to be a drunk as a university student. And God reached down and brought me to himself. And, um, and then the, one of the greatest things I learned at the university is that God wants to use me. And uh, I shared this uh, in Ethiopia a few years ago when Sean and I brought uh, men's women's soccer teams from Canada to we had a fabulous time didn't we Sean it was unbelievable and uh, on the shores of Lake Tana that uh, historic uh, World Heritage site um, I, I spoke about First Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4 and I said men and women great is the day in your life there's a line in the sand here and uh, great is the day in your life when you step across that line from not being approved to being approved, from not feeling adequate to realizing that God through his spirit is is making me adequate. And I remember one young soccer player from McEwen University, uh, waiting until everybody left. And then he asked me about that. And and, uh, we locked arms and I said, why don't we walk across that line together? And we took a big step. And this guy, he's a rough, tough, you know, defender in soccer. He turned to me, he threw his arms around me, and he wept my shoulder. He couldn't believe that God had approved him and entrusted him with the gospel. It was a, it was a turning point in his life I could completely identify, because that was the case with me as a young man.
0: Okay, Uh You also mentioned about a uh, football meeting you had and you're going through the book of Acts uh,
1: chapter one and two. Oh yes. Um, Yeah. Acts one eight. It's the theme of the book of Acts. And uh, so I just asked the men we read through acts one and two and talked about uh, this, that historic uh, life changing world changing event when the Holy Spirit came upon the and the church was birthed, and uh, we agreed that the theme of the Book of Acts, and in many ways, the marching orders for the churches, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And uh, and I told the guys, isn't it amazing that? Uh, Jesus launched a movement that has spanned centuries, continents, oceans, and cultures to bring this good news to us so that our lives could be transformed and renewed and we could join the movement.
0: Okay, Sean, what what are the scriptures that have been uh, impactful for you?
2: Well, a very simple but kind of all-encompassing scripture is uh, John fourteen six, where Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me." And um, if that's an easy one to memorize and remember, and, and just a simple message, and, and it's it's what I hold to because in a in a world where we live in now, where we can seek out what truth we uh, what fits our <laughs> personality or our interests you know whichever news channel we choose to watch or which friend group we have uh truth becomes relative but jesus is the way the truth and the life and uh with that we uh you know in romans chapter 10 uh starting in verse 13 it says everyone that calls on the name of the lord will be saved and i'll just read the next couple verses it says um how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. And uh, so we get to be a part of that. And uh, and I just love that, that verse. And, and as we've talked all, all service here about... You know, people need to know, and we can be that instrument. We can be that preacher of the good news of the gospel. And uh, about three weeks ago, Rod and I participated in a National Day of Prayer with Power to Change, and they took us through a passage in Isaiah. And I, I must have read it before, but it really hit me this time. And, mm-hmm. and I've read it 10 times, maybe more. And I've my last two chapels that I've led, I've used it as the topic for my chapel. And it basically the context is Israel is is on the verge of being um, taken by the Assyrians and and they're fearful and they seek Egypt as an ally. They seek a military alliance to to strengthen them and to overcome and and Jesus or sorry God says you know you didn't consult me when you went down to Egypt and that will be your shame that will be your downfall and then later on when he's talking to them he says um, I'll just turn the page to it here it says in repentance and rest you will be saved in quietness and trust is your strength and then further down he says the lord longs to be gracious to you and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you and he says at the sound of your cry when he hears it he will answer you and your teacher that's the lord uh, your eyes will behold him and you'll hear his voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it and I just think it's so beautiful to know that god uh, wants us all to come to repentance and to the knowledge of him. And, and he longs to be gracious. It just, I think you had said it earlier, Leighton, like we need to have the right view of who God is. And, and this really helped me to really see him as, uh, you know, a God of love and God of grace. And he's just mm-hmm. waiting for us to call upon him. And uh, again, we, we can be part of that uh, instrument that God uses to take that message to the world. And so those scriptures have been really powerful for me lately
0: okay thank you very much so uh, we're going to wrap up here really quickly but but uh, can you just give us uh, you know some examples of how you uh, are able to guide people towards some of the more important um, questions of their life some of the spiritual questions so so uh, what have you guys done to be successful in that
2: do you want to go first Sean well yeah Rod I think I've learned a lot from you just watching and being with Rod the last few years, and and seeing just how much he serves and loves, and uh, is just natural with with the people that we minister to, and and uh, asking lots of questions, uh, showing a lot of interest in their lives. And what I've found is being vulnerable um, disarms them, disarms people. Where whoever we are, not just athletes, but. Uh, people all around us, if, if if we're willing to be vulnerable and share our story, you know, and open some of the closet doors and see what's inside, um, that's disarming. And it allows us, it builds trust, it builds a quick relationship, whether it's a new relationship or a years old relationship, that trust is built, and it, mm-hmm. it, it earns the opportunity. To go deeper of things of faith and who Jesus is and what what he did and and the reason I think as Christians we can have the confidence in being vulnerable is because in 2nd Corinthians five seventeen it says if anyone be in Christ they are a new creature old things have passed away and behold all things have become new so without uh, fear or you know yeah, there's some, some, we can't overcome or necessarily forget the things we've done, but God has, he's forgiven us so we can move forward and we can talk about the old man because of the joy uh, of the transformation of being born again and being a new creature in Christ. So I, I find that being vulnerable and asking lots of questions too is, is, is the most important thing.
1: Rod, what do you say? Yeah, well, being available and, uh, just taking an interest in people, uh, and learning the art of asking good questions, I think, is so important. Um, I just think of, uh, like, I, I traveled out to Halifax with the Husky Dens hockey team for the University Cup National Championships, uh, and it was just fantastic just to spend time with the players and especially with their parents and their grandparents. And uh, one night after dinner, uh, I rose to propose a toast, and uh, I toasted – coach Adolph and thanked him for opening the doors and uh, for the privilege we've had of being able to serve his team for all these years. And, uh, and, uh, and I toasted the the grads, you know, there are four guys uh, who have come faithfully to chapel, you know, for like all five of their years. And uh, I'm, I'm going to miss them, but I know we've got a lifelong friendship. So anyway, one of the moms uh, came up to me afterwards, and she said, who are you? Like, are you a, an employee of Husky Athletics? And, and I said, no, actually, I'm, I work with uh, an organization called Athletes in Action. Now, she's British, and uh, she said, Athletes in Action? When I came from England, I got a job uh, in marketing with the BC Alliance, uh, and I got invited to their chapels. Is that, That's the organization you're with? said yeah in fact i used to live out in vancouver and work at ubc and 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 i just asked her so what was it about athletes in action that attracted you uh to spiritual things and who who were some of the most influential people and she said joe pow (laughs) pow the quarterback of the lions and i said joe i know him well i used to have him come and speak uh to the teams at uh, at ubc well she got so excited and she actually had her husband and three of her boys all of whom are very good hockey players and um and so she called them all over and uh and she basically almost took her younger boy who's a husky hockey player by the ear and said sam do you realize who this man is (laughs) like you need to get to know him and learn everything you can spiritually from him so the mom said as soon as we can i want you and your wife to come down spend a weekend with us we want to get to know you i think you can really oh. help us and so uh i don't know uh, all that all that from hard. one question
0: yeah it's all hard. that from one question so i like the one we were sharing earlier this week and we were talking about this this time together that you even just said like we can make use of these covid this covid uh, crisis and just ask simple questions like you know, how are you doing? You know, how are you feeling about these times? Do you think there is a God and, and, and is he involved in our lives right now? And what do you think he's doing? And, and those are the types of questions I think that we can learn from you and we can, we can learn how to ask, you know, better questions that move people into thinking about things that are are really on their hearts and minds. And so, so that, that's great for us. So listen, guys, I I think our time was almost gone today. Um, I, Anything else that you want to closing words you want to say to our Ebenezer family and those that are viewing today, Sean, we'll start with you and then we'll let, let the seasoned veteran Rod have the final word.
2: Yeah. So that's good. Uh, yeah. You know, without getting too long, I hope, uh, I think just make the most of every opportunity and just like those prisoners that were challenged by Rusey, uh don't neglect this time that God has given you in your prayer closet to get to know him, to really press in, deeper in faith, get to know the word. And, and we can all be used as his instrument. You don't have to be a professional missionary. Sometimes I wonder how on earth I'm in full-time missions when, when I see uh, my brokenness and, and the things that the Lord is still uh, you know, refining me and, and sanctifying me in, but he can use all of us.
1: Mm-hmm. Just one last word of encouragement. Um, through these times let's pray that we will come out better people, uh, better able to, uh, understand our priorities and realizing that, uh, the kingdom of God is like that treasure and it's worth giving up everything just to know the Lord being generous, learning how to love our neighbor, uh, looking for opportunities, you know, to, uh, to do kindness and to do good deeds, um, and uh, and then to really believe that God is good, and to to resist the temptations and the deceptions of the devil to believe there to make us believe that somehow God is a bad God to bring so much evil and suffering on this world. Um, No, God is very good, and he will work things together for your good. Mm,
2: That's great. Um, And he'll use you
1: to make a difference in other people's lives.
0: Yeah. Listen, guys, thank you so much for your, not just for being here today, but for being who you are and for being obedient to the call of God in your life and to model what it means to be uh, obedient and to be people who have grace in their lives and who care about people. And so may the God may God continue to help you to be fruitful in your ministry, and may He uh, help us be more fruitful as we listen and kind of pick up on some things that you guys have done through your lives. So thank you very much for being with us today, and and let me just close with the word of prayer. Yeah. So Father, thank you again for for such uh, a great great stories. Just to hear how you're at work, and and to think that that you have created us for such a time as this and that our lives are able to intersect and it's part of your great and unfolding plan that who can imagine you would use people like us but you do and and you choose to and you want to and so help us to be obedient give us eyes to see the opportunities in front of us and give us boldness to be obedient as those opportunities are presented so guide us as a church protect us and use us this next week i pray in jesus name amen Well, thank you guys again, and and God bless. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.